For my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall we, not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. feeling about this. Welcome to episode 83 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Will Witten, I choo choo choose you, buddy. It's good to see you. It's a card, and it's got a picture of a train. It is good to <laughs> see you, buddy. I missed you last week. Um, what would my special caption on the card be? I choo choo choose you. That's good. That's from fucking. That's from. I've been on a major Simpsons burge, or, uh, binge because I um, I'm running out of shit to watch. And, yeah, and there's a lot of Simpsons to watch. Well, and on the FX Now app, which I just get access to through my cable plan or whatever, yeah. they have every episode of The Simpsons. Are you kidding me? So I just started randomly the other day. Like I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about what the best seasons of The epi- uh, the Simpsons were. Yeah. And like the three guys were basically arguing between season six, seven, and eight. So I decided to start a little before that and build up. So I started at season four. And man, there are some episodes that I remember so well from when I was a kid in that. You want to, the one I remember the most is that older girl ripping out Bart's heart in uh, like his treehouse or something. That's like that. in fucking that's in season four. That is For one of reason, my all time favorite Simpsons episodes. That sticks with me more than anything. You know, I've seen my fair share of symptoms, like, don't get me wrong, but I guess I was just really young when I saw that scene, like, she reaches in his chest and pulls his heart out, like... Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think that episode is called Bart's New Neighbor, or The New Neighbor, and the yeah. girl that he has a thing with is, um, voiced by one of the, one of the daughters from Roseanne, is who does her voice. Man, Roseanne, back in the day, we're taking it way <laughs> yeah. back, dude. And then, like, um... My favorite part of that episode is like she's making out with Jimbo on on the Simpson family couch while she's babysitting him, and he's like, "Oh, my shirt is chafing me. I need to take it off." And then, like two <laughs> scenes later, he's like, "You're not gonna believe this, but my pants are chafing me. I need to take them off." <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Anyway, that's pretty good. Um, 
so yeah buddy it's a i have not seen or got to really talk to you since you came into town for rogue one we were both so busy and it's been a whirlwind a typhoon of holidays yeah i'm i'm glad that the holidays have i needed a holiday from the holiday it was so great seeing everybody and and everything but like you're just so jam-packed with stuff you got to do and so many obligations got to be here there yeah you're gonna hurt somebody's feelings and it's just did you whip up anything tasty for christmas dinner I did not. I let my family do, you know, do the the majority of that. My mom made orange slice cake, Ooh. which I love, dude. Orange slice cake is awesome. Ooh, that sounds good. It's kind of <laughs> like fruit cake, but there's none of that bullshit in there. It's orange slices and brown cake. And when you say orange slices, you mean the candied the orange candies, slices, yeah. not little, like yeah. actual slices of a real orange. No, no, no like yeah, that's gummy good. orange candy slices built into a cake that's got like nuts and some coconut and some dates. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've got some pretty big news. Yeah, I what's that? have not had a cigarette in five days now. That's awesome. Hawes. Yeah. Jess, I'm really proud of you, dude. Yeah. Jesse and I both quit on new year's day. Just cold Turkey. Uh, I've been using, uh, lozenges here and there, yeah. but I don't yeah, really yeah. like them. Like on the po- a package, it says you're supposed to use nine a day. And yeah. like, I hate these things, man. So I just uh, use one when I start feeling like extra cranky. That's good. That's really good. And I have, I, was... I have been feeling extra cranky. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. After you make, you know, like after you make it past the third, third day, like technically a lot of that's out of your system. The rest is like the nicotine. You know, you're just trying to wean yourself away from because you like it. Yeah. And, uh. Like, the first two days, not too bad because we stayed super busy. We went to Tuscaloosa to see Rogue One in, like, their 4D theater. Oh. With Long those. car rides are hard, too, though. How did that go? It was, You know what? That I, Like, at the end of the day, Jesse and I were both like, we got this. That wasn't hard at all. Right. But the key was, was we kept ourselves super busy. We went to a That's movie. Good. We went grocery shopping. We made dinner, you know, like... Then uh, Monday was a little harder because we were just sort of hanging around the house, not doing much, watching right. movies and stuff. Tuesday, going back to work uh, for the first day, that one was rough. But for some reason, yesterday, Wednesday, was the worst day so far. Mm. Just because um, I work from home on Wednesdays, I use that day to edit Rogue right. One and get it ready for release on Thursday. Because, uh, you know. I'd be having to do some special edits with Johnny Grasso at the helm. Johnny J. Um, G. Johnny G. G. Uh, and um, and also get caught up on all my sort of paperwork and stuff I have to do. And it usually turns out to be a really long day of working and stuff. And man, by the end of yesterday, I was just fucking over it. Yeah. Oh man, I was like, I'm gonna go to bed. And then I can't. Like, I've apparently entered the stage where I'm having trouble sleeping at night now. Oh no! And like getting uh, cold sweats and shit. So, kids, don't start smoking. That shit is dumb. It's not. It's definitely not good for you. It oh, can be no. refreshing. I I remember. But when I I quit, like I got real sick, bronchitis or something like that in the winter, and I just I was so sick for so long that you know trying to smoke while I was sick too just made it worse. So, like you, I just kind of quit mid-stroke there. You know, um, I've quit twice before. Both times were after extended hospital stays, 
Right. Like one, I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, the one where I was in the hospital for like a month and a half. Like I had to quit then. Couldn't leave the hospital. You and I started smoking the same time. Do you remember the cigarettes that they were? <laughs> we shouldn't go. <laughs> we shouldn't go on a, uh, a memory tour of cigarettes right now because it's gonna make me cranky. But yes, it was Marlboro Smooths. Marlboro Smooths, dog. I don't even understand how I smoke those. Sometimes, dude, right? I can. Dude, I, I can remember. It's like smoking uh, one of those Andes mints. It's like smoking a red with menthol that's like Andy's mints. Like it was so they, rough. They're not lights either, dude. Like no. we were smoking. We we're smoking big dog cigarettes. It's like because I, like I was an idiot. I didn't start smoking until I was like twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, me too. Like late. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna make up for lost time and smoke." Literally. Anyway, it's dumb, well, kids. Don't ever way, start smoking. You know, here both of us are here to tell you. I mean, you think you're cool in there for a minute, but then it's just gross, and you always smell like it, and your hair yeah. smells like it. You'll yeah. want one when you're drinking, but then, like, after you have that one, you're like, oh, that's gross. Yeah. Um, uh, Sierra and Keith gave me a really nice old-fashioned set for Christmas. Yeah. So Tuesday when I was doing Rogue One, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make an old-fashioned. That'll keep my mind off of smoking. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Because as soon as I had that first sip of whiskey, I was like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to go outside and smoke a cigarette. No, no, I'm no. not. But, yeah. Well, congratulations, dude. That's that's an awesome I mean, look, I don't know about con- – congratulations for quitting smoking to me is a little goofy because it's something I shouldn't have ever started. It's something I shouldn't have to deal with quitting. It's dumb. It's dangerous. It's bad for your health. So, like, I'm just glad that I'm sticking to it. But the bright side is that you quit. That's the best thing you could do. Yeah, five days. Once again, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here, but I mean, the weekend will be uh, a, another test. If I can get through the weekend without fucking losing. Because you know what I think it is? I think the first couple of days, my body was like, he'll be back. Yeah. Nothing to worry about. And it's then waiting. like yesterday, they were like, uh-oh, this shit may be permanent. Trying to get the shakes. Well, let's give him give him a headache. See what he thinks about that. See if that fixes it. So, anyway, uh, why don't I give you guys the business since I went on a fucking eight minute digression? Yo, about uh, fucking my addiction to fucking cigarettes. Um, Blue Harvest PSA number one. Yeah, a very special Blue Harvest. I can't quit. Give me a minto. Um, I got oh, so new year, first uh, episode of the year, and uh, I'm gonna do a little sprucing up work on the podcast. Are um, you really? Yeah, I uh, gonna get spiffier. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> uh, put some of the time I have, the extra time I have, not smoking, into promoting the podcast a little better because I'm terrible at that. Like. I don't know. You're pretty damn good at it. <laughs> oh, no, man. You want to see good at promoting a podcast, you should look at how, like, Steel or Johnny does it. I'm right. not great at doing the podcast notes. Is Steel, like, is that what he does for a living? Is um, it lucrative for him? Is it a living? You know, honestly, I don't even ask him that kind of stuff because, like, that's, like, his business and stuff. Like, I'm too that's busy true. trying to ask him I'm if, just thinking if about I could how hang awesome out. it would be if all I did was podcast. Oh, I no, it would be great. If I my energy into that oh. and podcasting was what I did and I could go to conventions and stuff, that would be awesome. That would be the oh, awesome yeah. way to live. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, I know Steele has sort of a, a skate shop job in Australia. Also, don't know if he wants me saying all that kind of stuff, like right <laughs> about what he does in his free non-Star Wars time. So uh, he's mentioned it before on his other podcasts. So I don't think it's that huge of a deal. But well, he's a cool dude, and he, he did a great show. Yeah, and he did a promotes really well. He and Sal did uh did us a real solid by coming on sort of last minute um last week and i really appreciate that um steal the fucking content king turned around he did a you know a little bit over a two-hour episode with sal and i and then he turned around immediately and recorded another two-hour episode of his call-in show so the dude is like the damn professional is what he is dude he is like rocky the rocky training montage of star wars podcasting that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna say. Anyway, new business. So I'm gonna open us up, I guess, an Instagram account to help promote the podcast. What? I'm not exactly what? sure what the fuck I'm even gonna put on this account. Doesn't you know, matter. And take pictures of all the Star Wars shit I buy, which I do on my regular Instagram, but maybe maybe that make this one just a, a little more solely Star Wars focused. We should do like a photo shoot with some models and the uh, the Blue Harvest gear. Like modeling notebooks and mugs and t-shirts and like put those up on instagram i mean i would definitely put some pictures of merch i would feel like i don't know that i want to uh, solicit modeling pictures and be like hey you guys want to wear fucking fourth tier star wars podcast gear for my instagram page that sounds a little michael myers real, real indie indie pictures on like a train tracks you know what i'll do oh you making fun of my fucking the high school graduation pictures no you came no. out of the shower and fucking stabbed me you came out of the <laughs> shadows and fucking stabbed me in the back on that one i didn't even see it coming in the night um so yeah i'm gonna be opening up an instagram page um i'll keep everybody updated on that i'm also gonna start working on maybe getting us a website up where we can oh, have sweet. sort of a, a hub maybe get some of our you know sort of friends of friends and family of the podcast maybe do some posts on their stuff if they want to i was thinking about this all today um but i will keep you guys updated as that stuff gets put together um also uh, as you know earlier this year there was a little bit of a bone of contention with a um similarly named podcast and they uh much like us use the lucasfilm logo treatment for blue harvest so I figured, uh, you know, why don't we get something that's a little more unique to us? Right. So our buddy Ben from Twitter, another Australian, might I add, um, <clears throat> has graciously donated his time and whipped us up a badass Mandalorian-inspired Blue Harvest logo. Oh, that's awesome. And I just got the files today, so I will be... Uh, utilizing that i'm sure we'll put it on a shirt i believe the plan right now is to take the old blue harvest samurai design and take the old logo out from the bottom and reincorporate the new one right um right now the the old one will stay in the the store if you guys want it or anything no pressure to get either obviously like if you got one of the old ones don't feel like you got to upgrade to the new one or, Whatever, buy them all, buy stuff. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you if you want to be a completionist and you want some Blue Harvest gear, 
with variants. Like we're hey, Star Wars. This is the ne- the newest variant. Um, you want to get it before it becomes limited edition? Yeah, yeah. If you want to do that, then you know we'll leave it up, and I'll let you guys know before I take the old one down. Um, but you know, just try to differentiate differentiate ourselves and. And, you know, make maybe a little bit bigger of a splash. I'm also just going, looking to grow here. Yeah. I'm also going to approach some sort of, I guess, interview style guests. I don't even know if interview is the right thing, but I have a couple in mind that I'm going to reach out to. Who knows that what they'll say. Incredible. But if they say yes, that would be awesome. Um, and I think that's about it. We're going to and, and we've got a, a lot of people lined up already this year. King Tom, Luke, uh, I'm sure Johnny is going to be showing up at some point. It's been a while since we've had Johnny Grasso on here. He's a busy man. Um, Evan, Calvin, um, so many people have have uh, have talked to me about coming on. It's getting to the point where it's kind of hard to remember. But we'll get you on here. Bill. Bill has said something. Uh, Chuck has said something. So... We're going to get those people slotted in when we have, you know, a decent schedule so we don't have to spring it on them last minute and bring some uh, new uh, voices into the new and returning voices into the Blue Harvest friends and family. So, I don't know, man. I'm I'm looking forward to 2017 podcasting with you, buddy. Dude, it's going to be great. I'm totally stoked. Um so, uh, you want to talk a little Star Wars now that that's out of the way? Oh, uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, well, see, I'm preemptively saying Instagram. Facebook, Twitter. Um, email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, we'll read your email online or on air and discuss it. So, uh, have you gotten to see Rogue One again since we saw it the first time? Or has it been too busy for you? Nope, it's been so busy. I don't. That's the the last time I saw it was the time we saw it in theaters. But I'm still, it still runs through my mind. Are you uh, still mentally enjoying it when you think about it? Has, has anything cropped up brain, since I'm then? Like, mm. Where you're like, well, what's up with that? No, I really, I got it all out that night. Yeah, you know, I it whatever went across my mind. But I was expecting some more. I don't know. I just I wanted to see Saw Guerrero's like kind of shining moment of badassness. It was right. very intimidating there for a minute. But I guess, you know, I don't know. I don't know, I guess, what I was looking for. Yeah, um, well, you know, this Saturday, um, Rebels comes back, and the first episode features Saw Gerrera. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, with um, Forrest Whitaker providing the voice and everything. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll get some more insight into what's up with Saw. He looks less damaged. Then he, yeah. So it looks like maybe we'll see some of what happened to get him in that state and and all that. So that'll be interesting. Um, Speaking of rebels, they, I mean, they released a Star Wars Rebels trailer yesterday that, much like every one they've ever released, looks incredible. And every time I see these trailers, and then sometimes I don't exactly dig the season that follows the trailer. Right. Um, I am not someone who hates Rebels, but I'm also not someone that sort of falls over and, and, and is just crazy about it either. Somewhere right. in the middle. I'm, I'm the Bindu. I'm somewhere right. in the middle. I the tend neutral. to Yeah, I tend to cut episodes that other people don't like a little more slack. 
but then sometimes they just get, they do something that really gets under my skin. But for what it's worth, this trailer looks incredible. We get more Thrawn. Uh, the Death Troopers are going to show up, it looks like. Sweet. Um, Mon Mothma is going to show up. Which about um, to, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like there's definitely going to be some some steps made to bridge it closer to Rogue One now that Rogue One's out. Uh, yeah. Like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Saw is going to be involved in the premiere episode this season. Um, and um, you think they'll show that battle in Rebels from Rogue One, like where I don't know. from from their perspective? Because <laughs> I believe currently in the timeline, they're about two years, maybe a little closer now that the first half of the season is maybe over. I think finale. I believe the first episode of the season was about two years from Rogue One of season three. Yeah. So now that they're in the ha- last half of the season, maybe it's moved forward by a few months or something. Right. It's hard to you know say, but uh, I don't know that the season finale this year would be that. Um, right. And you know who knows? I I think it is. There's the potential there to show the Battle of Scarif from. It would be cool. Yeah, you know, and who knows. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the potential is there now that it's been um, established that the ghost was there in that battle, you know, and we heard mm-hmm. them call General Sandula over the comm system, and we saw Chopper and all those things. So will they go that way? I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of Sabine Mandalorian stuff. It shows her with the Darksaber. You remember the Darksaber from Clone I Wars? I do. One of my favorite lightsabers. She got it at the at the end of the last episode before the season break, mm-hmm. and it's gonna it looks like it's gonna play at least a pretty decent part in the story going forward. Um, Kanan trains her how to fight with a lightsaber, but they're definitely taking steps to enforce that she's not force sensitive because at one point he knocks the lightsaber out of her hand and she's she uses like her grappling hook to grab it and pull it back to her. Right, you know where like a Jedi would just use the force. Just use the force, right? <laughs> um, and so that stuff looks really cool. But the end shot of the trailer is motherfucking Obi Wan Kenobi sitting at a campfire on Tatooine. Oh my goodness! Darth Maul walks up on him, and Obi Wan says something like "You're in the wrong place" or something like that, and whips his. Oh my god. My favorite lightsaber in the Star Wars galaxy whips it out and ignites it and does like, you know, the uh, Revenge of the Sith pose where he holds out the two fingers and holds. He does that, but it's oh old Obi Wan. That's all I needed. Uh, Maul's going to get his ass whooped. There's. I'm hesitant to say it because of previous experience, but there's no way Maul walks out of that alive. I'm sorry, Lord guys. And it's fine. It, it's, it's time that we wrapped up the Maul storyline. I wasn't a super That's fan a of, way to do it. I wasn't a super fan of the idea of them bringing Maul back in Clone yeah. Wars just because like you cut him in half, you know? Like yeah. and I will disp- disp- dispend I will suspend disbelief. Suspend disbelief quite a lot for Star Wars. Right. But when you get cut in twain, it's kind of hard did. for me to be like, "Oh, they'll fix that. That'll be right. fine." <clears throat> but they did a really good job with it. I thought in, in the end so it was worth it. So what I'm basically saying is like, it's okay for them to wrap up his storyline. Like he had a good run. Let's wrap it up for good. It doesn't need to be in a movie 
or anything like that. It would just be too weird for the uh, mainstream audience and what have you. And we're back. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, we had to stop recording sort of abruptly last night, but we're back the next night to finish this bitch up. Coming right at you on. live from Snowpocalypse 2017 in Birmingham, buddy. Yeah, it's cold and windy where I am here. No snow. I miss the snow. Yeah, we um, we got quite, I wouldn't say quite a lot, but to us, quite a lot of sleet and snow today. I actually didn't have to go driving around for work today because all the courthouses were closed. So, um, yeah, looking out my window right now, kind of looks like Starkiller Base out there. I might take, oh, did I tell you? I got the... Uh, the Kylo Ren Force FX lightsaber? No, you didn't. Yes, really? I did. I found oh, one. That's awesome. So, do you remember that place, Dirt Cheap, in Starkville? Yeah. A yeah. buddy of mine found one there for $40. No, sir. That's a $200 lightsaber. And he was like, Do you want me to pick it up for you? And I was like, uh, Absolutely. I will PayPal you the money right now. In a, like, totally legit, looks awesome. Oh, it's perfectly fine. It oh, was that's great. sealed when I got it still. That's quite the deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Works perfectly fine. I guess, do you think they just made so many of those and I guess they made more than they sold? What the person, because there were a bunch there and this guy right. bought uh, a, a, quite a few. And the person, when he was checking out, told him that they all came off of one truck that crashed on its way to its delivery. And that they, when that happens, they're not allowed to take those items to a normal store because of the potential of damage. Right. So they get auctioned off to places like Dirt Cheap and Big Lots and, you know, those discount oh, stores. Shit. But this thing was perfectly fucking fine, man. Like, right. You know me, I'm picky about my Star Wars stuff. It's perfect. Right. So like when if the truck turns over or something, even even if it's something minor and like maybe that that pallet was towards the front and didn't get messed up really in the back end. But they can't even risk it. They're just like, no, not even Yeah. We're not risking the lawsuit or the, the bullshit. Or the return. Who knows? Who knows? Silliness. But worked out for me. And so I'm thinking after this take the Luke Skywalker lightsaber and the Kylo Ren lightsaber and have a lightsaber duel with Jesse in the front yard. Oh, that's the, the end. You have to. Like, but you I, absolutely have to. But I get to be Ray. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, Jesse's fighting me on that swap. one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's a really, I've seen a really cool... Halloween couples costume where uh -huh. the dude was Princess Leia and the chick was Han Solo. Oh, really? It, it would look really cool. I think that's a cool concept, you know, for a couple to go. <sighs> I've never seen that in person, but uh, last year at Pensacon, there was basically a small group of guys all dressed up like, like dancing girl Leia from Return of the Jedi in like the metal bikini. Yeah. There was probably, I think we saw like a group of four or five dudes all dressed up like that. Oh, dude, no, Harry I was talking Chestin's like... All. <laughs> Harry chest and all. Oh, no. That's really sad to think about now. <laughs> it's a really killing moment. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I do. I ruin, ruin no, the moment. Um, so we cut... What did we cover last night? We covered the, the new Rebels trailer. 
Um, really looking forward to that. I hope they don't let me down. But I'm gonna. I will always stay optimistic until it's time to be pessimistic. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like until I see the episodes and I either like them or don't like them, I'm just gonna hold out hope that it's gonna be 100% awesome, like these trailers they do are, man. Right. But we'll see. Um. Oh, the other little bit of news that I wanted to cover is there's some rumored casting for the Han Solo spinoff movie, which is going to be starting shooting next month already. They'll be out shooting the the new Han Solo movie. Um, Disney is like no time to waste. No, no. Well, you know, I think they like to also give themselves quite a bit of a post-production time frame for the massive amount of effects that Star Wars movie needs, reshoots if they need them. Um, right, but uh, one thing that's coming out now is that apparently Woody Harrelson is up for a role in the Han Solo movie. As, I saw some buzz about that on Twitter. Yeah, as like Han Solo's mentor, so like a proto Han Solo that shows Han Solo the the smuggling ropes. If I had to guess, really. I could kind of see him playing that role. That's going to be one of those castings that's going to be kind of hard. He, and like they can go anywhere with his origin, right? It doesn't have to be he was a a stormtrooper, a stormtrooper no. pilot. No, that is not in the the canon officially anymore. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep that. Um, but if they don't, you know, it's literally wide open, and I can see that being more being more appealing than keeping that you know more appealing yeah. to just leave it wide open and let somebody yeah, really explore. just do whatever whatever fits best in the star wars universe <clears throat> so yeah that seems pretty i mean that's gonna be like a, i was trying to say that's one of those castings that's gonna be kind of if i see someone that i know so well from other things like it's kind of hard to separate them you know what i'm saying like it's yeah. nice when it's an unknown like daisy ridley like daisy ridley's like I, I never question once that she's Ray, you know, because it's, right. it's the only thing I've ever seen her in. Um, but if Woody Harrelson does turn out to be his mentor, I think we one hundred percent know what Han Solo was smuggling. Right, <laughs> right. It took you a second, right? It did. I was like, wait, wait. What is it? weed? Is he talking about weed? It's weed and spice yeah that's what i mean you know the dude's got a little bit of a re reputation it's like what is a spice what is the kessel run to what are the spice mines of kessel you know spice is one of those things that like from what i've seen in different games and in books and stuff like it sort of runs the gamut between like actual medicinal medicine and drugs to like illegal drugs okay you know what i'm saying so you can like make illicit you can make all these things from it i don't really know i don't yeah. really know how spice works it's one of those I things i wonder if they'll ever um there was what's the other one glimmerwick what does yoda chew on in his meditation gimmer stick gimmer stick there we go there's so that that's like a sh that's like shrooms for yoda that's why he's so goofy on uh in in empire like when they first show up is because he's just been chewing on this <laughs> psychedelic walking stick and he's tripping balls constantly 
that's awesome. I mean, just to think about. <laughs> Feel my hair growing, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Get down, <laughs> do you? <laughs> is, yeah. Widespread panic, I will play. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking imagining Yoda doing hippie dancing and shit. That I can, is, I, that like is not the for Kermit me. the Frog dance around the. Around Yay! The that one? <laughs> yeah. The way he runs with his like arms in the air. And they're all like flopping around. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that's sort of the big stuff as far as news goes. Star Wars. Um. Uh, there's some rumors coming out about what they're going to do to address the unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher and it it really sucks it looks like they're going to have a meeting you know we had heard before she um passed away we had heard those that interview with uh Kathleen Kennedy where she was saying that um they were going to be meeting after the first of the year to sort of discuss just Star Wars in general like probably sort of nail down what the plan is post episode nine you know future spinoffs and things like that um well it looks like now that a big part of that discussion is going to be how they approach um you know what's happened is there and it's still sort of hard for me to wrap my head around so if if you can't think of one i totally understand but is there a preferred approach you would like to see them take with where we take the story and how we, or you just how we it, treat yeah. her passing. Yeah, you, or you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of things they can do, and you can either carry on without mentioning it, or you right. can. Well, see, this is the thing. You can and, reference it, and it's a, what in what way do you deal with right. it? Right. Steele said one of the smartest things about it, and I believe it's on one. He put out so much content, man, that I can't remember what episode, but it was recent. And he said they have, there's, there's a lot of wrong answers to what they do, but he's not sure that there is a right answer. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's not a right answer to what you do, because no matter what they do, someone's going to be upset and think they didn't handle it right. But there is definitely a lot of ways they can do it wrong, I think. Um do they just write her out without killing off the character somehow? I think, no, I think her passing has to be of some circumstance. Like, it, you know, Empire Strikes Back starts off with a big battle, right? The, you know, the Empire has assaulted the rebels in Hoth. Right. And, you know, if, if one of them, if, you know, not this movie, because I'm pretty sure they got all they needed for episode eight. Right, they did. But maybe episode nine you know starts out big battle and then you know they're counting they're tallying everybody at the end and they're like you know the princess's ship didn't make it from whatever that big black you know the big finish I see what you're of saying. that initial battle is and yeah. there's this big time of mourning like you never see her like the the story follows you know everybody else in that first few minutes and then when they when yeah. they get to the point where leia should be there they're like where's leia you're like dude yeah. she didn't make it yeah, and see, that's the thing. The passing of the character of Le- Princess Leia is something that has the potential to be very powerful in a movie. Yeah. 
and but you also don't want to f- want it to feel exploitive. Ex- is that must am I saying that right? You don't want yeah. to feel like you're you exploiting have to her the, memory, you know, the passing of the character without doing it a disservice. Right, and you also don't want to, ex- you know, make people feel like you're exploiting her memory just for that purpose, or right. you're doing her an injustice, or you're treating it the wrong way. Do not envy the people that have to decide what no. they're going to do. <clears throat> not looking so. forward to that being my job for the next. Yeah, yeah, couple months. Um. All right, so. <clears throat> I guess we should do some emails. How do you feel about that? I love emails. You know I love emails. Well. I just love it to hear what the people that listen have to say to us. And it's a great interaction for me. Yeah, we do this for us, but the fact that everyone else likes to have an input is cool. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> uh, I think there's only one way that we can start off our email segment now. And that is with... The hopefully future, I'm submitting this song for Grammy nomination and comedic performance. You know the song. You heard it. We debuted it last week when you weren't here, but I sent it to you ahead of time. You did. I saw it. It is so glorious. It is our buddy Steve's magnum opus, the Kia D. Mundi cockhead song. I don't know. We got to think of a, 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 a good title for it, but here we go. Crashbox Kitty Cockhead <laughs> Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his bud Kitty Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Kitty Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow Cockhead! Fucking, that's so good, man. I will never get tired of hearing that. It's really good. Um, so this week, actually, Joe wanted me to pass on a special message. He was not able to write in this week because he's been busy and feeling pretty ill. So, Joe, I hope you're feeling better, buddy, A. And B, he wanted to let everybody know that even though he didn't write in, he wanted everyone to know that he, uh, in his words, cried from laughter. At Steve's song. So, man, I want to... My idea is to... Because we got to have some other really talented, musically inclined listeners out there. Like, I want to hear that song in different musical styles. Like, can you imagine a reggae version of that? That would same be lyrics, Same lyrics. If you want to get up with Steve and just have Steve re- redo the vocals and... Re- <laughs> we got to find the right song. Do it like Adele style. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but I, I'd, li- I'd like to hear it. Yeah, sure. I want to hear like a real sad, 
indie lady with a piano version. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, I don't. That would be awful. Cock hand. Oh, no. I think that would be great. It would make me laugh so hard. The only Jedi Master who can no. crush box. Oh, please no. Kitty cock head. Oh, anyway. Uh, so let's get to some emails. <clears throat> All right. First up, we have our buddy Carl. Hey, Halls and Will. It's your buddy Carl from across the pond in England. Hey, great, Carl. Great podcast as always, guys. I got to say, I totally enjoyed Rogue One, and one of the best parts w- for me was obviously the Vader lightsaber scene, and it got me thinking, what is you guys' favorite lightsaber battle or scene from all of the Star Wars movies? Oh, no. Mine would have to be Luke and Vader on Cloud City. Fucking cool or what? Keep up the awesome podcast, guys, Carl. That is actually really tough for me um that's so tough because some of the the fanciest lightsaber fighting is in the prequel trilogy which i I mean that's cool like that the people want to hate that fucking lightsaber battle at the end of the phantom menace is amazing it's probably my favorite it's got to be up there for me um, but I agree with Carl. The one on Cloud City is so is, good. It's not it's as flashy. So important. There's a lot more emotion, and the sets look way cooler. Yeah. Than the the Phantom Menace ones. To me, the only part that looks really cool in the Phantom Menace is right at the beginning when the doors open on the hangar. But once they start yeah. going into like that weird energy room with the columns and stuff. The column energy and the big cutaway is like it's it really takes your focus away from the whole lightsaber hunt. But right. like all of their choreography I think is pretty on point. It I is think having it's just Ray the Park sets. in there, it added a special touch to Darth Maul. It that did. Was in you know, just so much unlike anything you had ever seen before. And him fighting Liam Neeson and uh Ewan McGregor at the same time. Um, the fact that you lose Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, I mean it's like great. Darth Maul is defeated by being it's cut so good. in half. Like it is it's just so good. I I'm not arguing that at all. Technically I'm just saying, and epically great, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. Like the Vader Luke Empire Strikes Back. It's mm-hmm. so it carries so much weight that you know emotionally and important to the story. I think it weighs. Harder than the than the one in Phantom Menace, right? And and I will agree with that. It's so tough because a lot of times the lightsaber battles end up being some of my overall highlights in the movies. Because okay, let's just we're being honest here, right? Yeah. There's no way the one in A New Hope even makes the top. It may be the bottom for me. <sighs> I mean, I understand. Now, see, this is the thing. After we got the prequels and we were able to see Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship uh, sort of play out the way it does, the fight in A New Hope does have more emotional weight for me. I believe how how you lost Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. I mean, I guess still, you know. My point is, like, yeah. But it's not technically the best or the longest. 
it's it's part of the reason it's not so great is because fucking David Prowse lied to George Lucas and said he knew how to fence. Right. And when he got the job as Darth Vader and then, you know, clearly he didn't. And Alec Guinness was an older man at the time. So given the limitations, I under, I get it. But then you start getting Bob Anderson and the other stunt doubles in the suits in Empire Strikes Back and Vader's able to do a little more and look right. a little more impressive. And I'm telling you, that walkway, the carbon night freezing chamber and the walkway where the I am your father moment happens are the two best sets in Star Wars history. As far as, as, far as sets, as movie sets, yeah, they're the two best. I really like the lightsaber battle in Return of the Jedi. And as a, the only problem I had with it as a kid and still do is I want it to be a little longer. Yes. Because it never it is, seems long enough. It doesn't. And it's it's badass and the music that's uh, when the, that's got the sort struggle, of the, the yeah. struggle and the epicness is still there. And the importance of the force is it's just not as much lightsaber as you want, but the importance of the force comes through. It does. And as a kid, I really hated the scene where Luke is hiding and and um Vader's looking for him and he's like, sister. And the only reason I disliked that scene as a kid, I was because I was like, "Stop with all the talking and just get back to lightsaber fighting." Right. Um, but it's a good one. Not my favorite. Uh, Attack of the Clones. It is really good, and Yoda's really badass. Dooku, you know, once again, you're working with an older guy, so they had to do some finagling. It wouldn't make even my top, you know, five though. I'm so split on that because, you know, not necessarily Mace Windu or Anakin or Obi-Wan. All their performance with the lightsaber is not that impressive in episode two. I mean, Yoda is what you remember. Yoda and honestly, um, oh my God, I blanked on his name, but Count Dooku. Um, <coughs> Christopher Lee. What's his name? The, the actor that played Count Dooku. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee, yeah, I can't believe I just I blanked, blanked on, on it for I'm a so second too, buddy. Um, but Christopher Lee has, you know, traditional fencing training, and you can tell that through his style and even the saber that he used, right? In those scenes, like being an old man and being that flexible with a lightsaber is pretty awesome. I, the jump and the way they went with Yoda took me to have to suspend some disbelief. Yeah, I know you're not a fan of it. I like it because um, it's just too much for me. Like I was like, yeah. It's overwhelming, I guess. You know, it's not like I can't believe it because it's done really well. Yeah. Um, the fight between Anakin and Obi Wan in Episode Three is great. It's pretty good. It's great. There is a it's, lot of emotion in it. You know, some it's of it's great. And even technically, it's probably the best. Yes, technically, it's great. I like how they sort of. Like at times they're like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna swing." Like they just fucking. I do not like that. <laughs> no, the I'm talking where they. You don't like standing... Oh, I don't like that part where they're just standing in front of each other, twirling. I mean, like other. they actually punch each other and shit yes. and kick. Yes. Like they're oh, like, they're... it's a fight. Yeah, it's a fight. It's not like a gentlemanly sword fight. Like these two dudes are fighting until one of them dies. Is dead. Yes. After seeing Mustafar on Rogue One, I kind of wish there was a little less lava on Mustafar in Episode 3. I know that's weird. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, from George's perspective, there's more action on the lava. On yeah. The lava. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the part where they're riding like the little bits of garbage. That, I'm not, dude. I'm not. The little Even bits of garbage. The, from and... the time it breaks off and it goes into the lava and they're swinging on like cables. I like and that slicing part. back and forth at each other. I'm like, no, dude. Why would why would you not just slice his cable? Like, I know. I get that. I but know it's like. I like that part. It's as soon as they disembark from that, and like one of them's on like the little robot, and then um, one of them's on the piece of trash. That's the part I don't really like. Yeah, um, I don't like. Oh, so I don't know if if I talked about this with you. So, you know, we were having some discussions about Vader's castle or whatever in Rogue One, right? Well, in either the art of Rogue One or the visual dictionary, there was a little extra information about his castle on Mustafar from Rogue One. Yeah. That castle overlooks the area where Obi-Wan defeated him. And Palpatine made him build it there. As a reminder. Mm Mm-hmm. Of what cost him. That he's, he's all fucked up in that suit because of his own failings, basically. Right. You fucked up. You couldn't beat Obi Wan, and now look, you got to get bath daily back to baths from some old dude. It's gonna see you burnt off dick and shit. Yeah. Uh, I wish they would have. I wish Rogue One would have just totally pedaled to the metal that, and fucking when he when they were draining the Bacta out of his uh, tank, I wish they would have just shown his his torso and Ken and showed it like Ken dolled. And then yeah. I would be, I'd be like, see, Will, I told you. You'd be vindicated. Motherfucker doesn't have a dick. I um, think he'd be a lot angrier. I think Darth Vader is angry. I don't think he'd be worthy of redemption in the end. <laughs> if he didn't have a dick. Um, and then the lightsaber fight in Force Awakens is really good, too. It is interesting because it is sort of a somewhere in the middle between an original trilogy lightsaber fight and a prequel trilogy lightsaber fight. It is nowhere near as flashy, but I have a feeling that as Ray comes to grips with her powers and Kylo grows more powerful that we may get closer to sort of a prequel era type fight. You know, I think no matter what, they're going to get better from here. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like they'll be so much better that you won't even recognize the prequel fight as being as good as what these are going to be. Oh, ho, ho. I, had, I, I think like they that. had to start it with yeah, something classic to well, get the engine going. And once you get the engine going, then you can show what, oh, these are what, you know, your modern, is, yeah. your modern lightsaber fight is. So I'll, uh, the other thing I'll say is the set that they built for that fight, that forest set, is incredible it's one of my favorite sets in star wars um the lighting in it how like as they fight they chop through trees and shit and trees are falling and i I love that finn don't give a fuck you know finn doesn't think when kylo shows up and he's like that lightsaber is mine and he you know force pushes ray into the tree because he's a fucking little bitch um you know Finn doesn't think, oh, I'm going to win this fight. But he's no. like, he doesn't care. And yeah, he love, gives it his best. Oh, I love, and I love like when he gets, like they use that little, the cross beam part and stab Finn in the chest. And it's just, yep. so, it's and Ray, I'm telling you, I don't give a 
fuck. Ooh, it's a reboot of A New Hope. Fuck off. When Ray force pulls the saber to her and it plays the force theme, to this day, I've probably seen that movie 30 or 40 times now. I still get goosebumps and I still get a little misty-eyed. That mm. is amazing fucking filmmaking, film scoring, lighting. It's, it's great. It's great. It makes it for you right there. Yes. Yes. So. I agree. And then when she gets it and she like goes at it, it's believable because you know she's had, she's good with the staff. Right. right? There's, a, there's a precedent established that she can fight. And then she gets the saber for the first time ever. And see, that's what makes me believe it's her birthright, you know, because it clicks so hard right there. And the force for her clicks so hard when she quiets her mind, you know, in when she's losing there for a minute, but then she focuses. Yeah. Puts her mind at peace. Like it's so good. Oh, it's so good. And then she whips his ass. So I think I'm going to agree with Carl. Cloud City Duel is my favorite. Number two would probably be Phantom Menace Duel. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And agreed. Then number three, at one point would have been Revenge of the Sith, but now I think is Force Awakens. Yeah, number three is Force Awakens for me. Well, there you go. That's why we do a podcast together. That's why, because we see eye to eye. about my my best friend, (laughs) long-haired fella who loved me to the I don't know the (laughs) word. I, I think those, those are the words. Long those are the new words. Uh, whew, okay. <laughs> Next up, we got our buddy Evan. Guys, holy fucking shit. Rogue One was absolutely unbelievable. I'm sure you have a million emails to read and know we'll be talking about this movie for a while. So there's one highlight I wanted to focus on for the time being. Everyone who died essentially got a chance to accept their death except one person. Cassian and Jen got a decent amount of time to digest their impending doom. Churrit got his moment with Baze to say goodbye. Baze had to have known he was going to die when he started his shooting spree. K2SO knew he was done for and accepted it as well. Bodhi did not. His death seemed much more tragic to me because, one, he was such a relatable, everyday guy, and two, his death came from a surprise grenade. He wasn't ready to go. You could see the devastation in his face. Well, that's a quick thing I had for this week. If I ever get a chance to visit the pod again, we'll have a ton to discuss. Finally, I thought your Rogue One review show was killer. Keep it up, my friends, Evan. Yeah, man. Thanks, Evan. That That means a lot. Like, I walked away from my first Rogue One viewing um, not exactly connecting with Bodhi. And it wasn't anything that he did as bad as an actor. He was excellent. It was just, I have, I don't know, you know, maybe I have a touch of ADD or something, but a lot of times, like, I need to see these movies a few times before I can fully digest them. And I'm sure that's the way it is with a lot of us who you're just so excited to see the new Star Wars movie. The big stuff is really what sticks out the first time. And then, you know, on subsequent viewing, some little, you know, smaller stuff sort of sticks out. Yeah. I actually like them a lot better now after seeing it. Um, and Evan is right. When that fucking shore trooper, 
who's a bitch, by the way, fuck that shore trooper, just walks up to a, a cargo shuttle and sees one dude standing in there. And he's like, fuck this dude. He throws a grenade at one dude. Now, Will, we play first-person shooters. Is that an effective use for a grenade, or do you want to try and rack up a multi-kill? I mean, if you're playing the shooter, you want the multi-kill. And if you're playing the shooter, one grenade, even on the inside, ain't going to take down a whole ship. Fuck, go, you know, go fuck your blue jeans. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, Well, yeah, that is true. That, like, in a first-person shooter, grenades are pretty weak. This is a Star they're, Wars they're grenade. strong though. enough to kill multiple people. But, but can't blow up enough, a ship. Can't blow up a ship. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. But, it's epically sad how big and how awful that explosion was. And he, it was just, it's just sad, you know, because he, he had that minor victory. You yeah. know, he made it happen. He made sure that they could get the data tape as I mean, soon as he's <laughs> victorious with that. That stormtrooper walks up and sees an unarmed man. Because Bodhi's not armed, as far as I can remember. He's got a wire spool on his back. Right. The only dude in this Imperial cargo shuttle. And he's like, fuck you! And just <laughs> throws a exactly grenade right like. in. That's exactly what it's like. And and like that scene where Bodhi like stops and just stares at it for a second. That's no, brutal, man. It's brutal. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we got our buddy Peter. Holy shit, what a fucking awesome movie. Loved all the callbacks to the prequels in A New Hope. And for pre- people who say it was too fan servicey, well, this Star Wars fan loved it. As for my favorite character, I'd have to say Churret and Baze because they're, the, they're a package deal. My favorite part, the last Vader scene. Brutal but efficient. When he threw that d- dude into the ceiling, then held him there and fucking cut him in half like it was no big deal. Seeing that red saber ignite gave me fucking chills, and I think a little pee came out as well. (laughs) I'm also a sucker for space battles, and I'm not sure we've seen one this good since Jedi. I'll never watch A New Hope the same way ever again. Keep kicking ass. Keep kicking and crushing ass, fellas. Yeah, man, that Vader scene is so good. Like It, it, It makes every sense in your body tingle. So, the... What's what's crazy, I didn't notice this until I heard some guys talking about it on a podcast. I can't maybe it was making Star Wars. Um when they're all in the hallway right before Vader shows up and like the lights go out, there's yeah. this real subtle cool effect where the shadows grow and like start filling in the hallway just before Vader ignites the saber. And so I watched for it the last time I watched it and it is a cool ominous little effect because the shadows really do sort of grow outward and start like to envelop the hallway. And then all of a sudden just the lightsaber and ignites and the shit starts so good. Now the fan servicey thing, mm, I wouldn't say it was too fan servicey, but I do think there were some parts where the fan servicey maybe went a little too far. I think Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazin, mainly. I get that. And also, I am not a huge fan of the C-3PO and R2-D2 cameo. Right. (coughs) Only because, um, I don't know. 
because it seemed a little more it seemed more ta- it, it, it to me aired more on the side of being tacked on for cameo's sake kind of like Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazan. Yeah, kind of smushed. Um if when the the guys were taking the data disc onto the Tanta 4, if R2 and uh, C3PO were just in that cockpit area with Leia, they didn't even have to say anything. But if they were just in there, or if they ran by them in the hallway on the Tanta 4 when they're escaping, I think that would have been better for me, you know? Because you expect them to be there, and of course... You know, Leia's part of the rebellion. They're gonna. Uh, Bail Organa was there, so you imagine the droids are with him. You know, I get why they're on Scarif base. I just didn't sort of like the placement and how they did the cameo. It was great to hear Anthony Daniels and see R two and C three PO again. I just didn't so I much think like it does the execution. A new hope a disservice. Really, you know, I think there would be a lot of complaining about the fact that they didn't have C three PO and R D two in there, but I think the weight of just picking up with them at the beginning of episode four, you know, and them being on that ship, they could have been, you know, it could have been coincidence for you to see them on that ship. You don't have to explain right. precisely where they came from. Right. I think it was fan servicey. And I don't mind like, no, it didn't ruin the movie. It's just a little like, once again, one of those parts where I was like, okay, that's R2 and 3PO, but it felt just a tiny bit tacked on, you know? Uh, yeah, know. that's what I'm saying. It wouldn't it wouldn't have felt like that. Yeah, to just have them on the Tanta 4 where we know, like, you know what I'm saying? We know they were there. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's, that's why that one sort of, I guess, I could, you know, sort of got on my, I wouldn't say got under my skin, but just didn't dig it as much. All right, next up we have our buddy Jonathan. Greeting, Halls and Will. Just writing in to talk a little bit about Rogue One and Star Wars films going forward. I absolutely loved Rogue One. I'll personally give it a solid 8.5 out of 10 and place it in my top three Star Wars films. Nice. For now. But I'm sure that'll change after multiple viewings. I have my own special reason for ranking Rogue One so high on my list. I was five years old when Star Wars came out in 1977, and I remember seeing my favorite part of, and I remember my favorite part of Star Wars was the Death Star attack. I love the X-wings, still do to this day. Me too, buddy. Also, my it's favorite the part you think about as a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, anytime you sit in a tight, confined space, thinking about being in an X-wing cockpit, or assaulting. A, death a, star. A, God forbid, there's an empty box you can fit in. Yep, that's an X-wing cockpit all day. Of. Also, my favorite Christmas memory was getting a Kenner X-wing in the Christmas of 1978. So, nearly 40 years later, watching Rogue One's epic space battle in the theater made me feel like a kid again. I literally cheered out loud when Red Leader and Gold Leader showed up above Scarif. See, that is my that is in my opinion is the best use of fan service in that movie is Red Leader and Gold Leader. I agree. It's so agree. good. It is so good. And those clips from four just cut right in there. Make it yeah. My wife is a good. casual Star Wars fan, so I had to explain afterwards why the hell I was fist pumping when I saw the two random pilots for two point five seconds on the screen. Some of my other favorites were Churret and Baze, as well as K2SO. I would love to see a Churret and Baze Guardians of the Will comic, as long as Marvel doesn't fuck it up and have them fighting a cyborg Mon Calamari. 
I'd like to learn more about the Jedi Temple on Jeddah and how those two guys met. That is... <clears throat> so who was I talking about this with? I believe this was with Steve. I think they could do a Japanese animation style anime movie about prequel to Rogue One in a sense, but just about Churret and Baze on Jeddah. And I think that would be so badass. Do it <clears throat> sort of direct to video like DC does their direct to video animated movies, which are heads and tails better than that stupid live action universe bullshit they're trying to do. Right. They could do that. You know, they could even do small theater runs of them when they come out like they do for some of the DC films. Like, uh, The Killing Joke was in theaters for a little while. I would watch that all day. All day. I, I agree with what you're saying because I, I love that medium. Yeah. And I would love to see that story in that medium. But I think you could go as far as to say that that could be your next Star Wars movie. You could tell the story of Turret and Base. Oh, I would love to see it in live action. Without a doubt, I would love to see a live action Turret and Bay's movie. But at the very least, if they wanted to take... I'm saying, you know, who knows how likely that is. But... I mean, I know that's probably not likely. And I'm, I know my idea that. is probably not. That's how popular not. they were. Yeah. I, and I know my idea isn't any more likely. <clears throat> my idea of a cool Vader standalone movie would be a Lords of the Sith, Sith style flick where it's Vader and Palpatine hunting down Jedi or looking to boost their power by finding ancient Sith artifacts. I don't know if you guys have given up on Marvel Star Wars comics, but the Dr. Aphra character is done correctly. If done correctly, could be a nice addition to a Vader film. I could dig that. I like the character of Aphra. Um... Yeah. She, was, she was one of the better parts of the comics. I will be completely honest. I haven't read the comics in a few months now. Um, they just kind of lost me, unfortunately. And I just kind of figured instead of spending 20, 30 bucks at the uh, comic book store every week, why not just save that for celebration? You know? Yep. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I am going to catch up on them <clears throat> through the Marvel app. And I'll probably buy them in graphic novel form collected. Because they'll look nice on in a bookshelf. Yeah, they'll look nice on a bookshelf, and I'll be able to read entire storylines at once and see if that makes me like them better. Like if I can take in the whole story in one sitting instead of fragmented, you know, month to month or once every two weeks or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I tweeted you earlier this week, I think Lucasfilm is going to push the comedy angle. Ooh, excuse me. On the Han Solo, Solo movie, a la Guardians of the Galaxy. I can see Han and Chewie getting into tough spots and trying to talk their way out of it before all hell breaks loose. Much like the detention block in A New Hope or on board the freighter with the Guavian Death Gang and Kanja Club. Keep up with the great podcasting and may the force be with you, John. Yeah, man. I think he's right 100% that they're sort of going to push the more comedic elements. Um... With the Han Solo movie, just to sort of, you know, not every movie is going to be Rogue One dark, everybody dies, you know? It can't be. It can't be. You, I don't want Star Wars to turn into the fucking Christopher Nolan Star Wars universe, where everything's dark and weird and everybody dies. Right. I want that fucking Star Wars hope from time to time. 
Yeah. And do you know how incongruous? See, I'm trying to quit smoking, and I try to use all these stupid big words. I should. It, it would. It wouldn't fit with no, the character of, of Han Solo that we know from four other movies. If we did a dark and gritty Han Solo movie, you know. Right. So yeah, them pushing the comedy element, I think, um, is is what they're going to do, and I think it's a good idea. Um, so I'm actually really looking forward to that. Did you happen to see on Twitter this week somebody took pictures of Harrison Ford and Alden Ehrenreich having lunch together? No. Two Han Solos just chilling, having lunch together. Mm. That I think that's fucking awesome. To that's be, pretty cool. To be a fucking fly on the wall for that conversation. I would love to hear whatever Harrison Ford had to give him as advice mm, towards right, how he played Han Solo and how he thought about Han Solo. Here's the thing, kid. <clears throat> You're never going to be as good to me, okay? I'll just <laughs> write that down now. But you can be pretty good. You're going to pull a lot of tail as Han Solo. For <laughs> Trust me, Uncle Harrison knows. Just make sure you get some likeness royalty points. I don't, you know, who knows what the fuck he was. And don't you dare try to be young Indiana Jones, too. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, I fucked up with Shia LaBeouf. Don't make, <laughs> don't make me hurt you. Let me tell you this. You know, before George gave me the job, he, uh, he auditioned Kurt Russell for the role. And believe me, Kurt Russell's fine. Captain Ron. Big Trouble in Little China, whatever. But you know, the only person that can play Han Solo, me. Me. When you're sitting in that cockpit next to some dude in a, a hairy suit, I want you just to remember, you're not me. <laughs> me. No, nah, he's probably, I'm sure he wasn't a dick like that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how long <clears throat> until we see, uh, any production photos from the Han Solo movie? I imagine. God, I hope it's soon. Yeah, I want to see that dude in costume, and I wonder if they're gonna do. I kind of get the feeling that they're gonna do classic Han Solo boots, fancy pants, white shirt. I bet he vest. doesn't start out like that. I he bet probably it's doesn't. A big deal of how he puts that together. I hope. Now l- let's say Woody Harrelson does get the role as his mentor, mentor, and let's say he passes on the DL forty four handgun to Han Solo. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Oh yeah, that I'm fine with. I don't want him to get the outfit from Woody. No, you know what I'm no, saying. No, no. I don't want Woody to be like, be, "Oh, kid, take my vest. Kid. Here's my vest." I can't do a Woody, but that's got to be <clears throat> essence, Don Solo. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, who's up next? Next up, oh, well, this one's pretty important. We got a. Um, we got someone else weighing in on the great Kia D. Mundy debate. debate. And uh, I know you guys have heard that we've actually heard from the Jedi Master with the big cockhead himself, Kia D. Mundy, on the show before. Well, now we've got another member of the Jedi Counts. Is, was Kit Fisto on? Was Kit Fisto on? I'm going to spoil it. It's Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto called in. Was he on the Jedi Council? I, I'm not sure. Me neither. Well, either way, he called in. I know he tosses out lightsabers. Hello. In Hello, episode Harvest two, listeners, 
keep this though. I'm calling in to settle the debate about who has the best dickhead. It is not Kia Mundi. I do not understand your obsession with this single dicked asshole. With his asshole voice and his asshole eyebrows and his asshole ponytail. I am the real dickhead. Hentai style. I have over 20 dicks coming out of my head. Like dreadlocks. Yes, that's right. Like dreadlocks. And you notice he cannot swim. I can swim. Are you see me at the bottle of Moncal with my glorious 20 dicks floating in the water? I kicked some serious ass on Moncal. And this man, Kimondi, he died by his own clones. Took like several laser blasts. I mean, it took a Sith Lord to take me out. Of course, it was only five seconds, but hey, it was longer than Master Egan. I digress. Why should we now from moving forward ever 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 listen to this key mundi debate no more it is kit fisto with the best dick head and on a side note the bogalet he also has nothing on me with his dick face <laughs> and his weird cloudy eyes kit fisto with his dark black eyes i always have a smile you always should always 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 worship my dick head that is all thank you I am actually kind of disturbed by that. That's Kit Fisto just kind of <laughs> wanting to clear the record, I guess, I, on how he feels he got gypped. I don't know why I never thought of all those things on his head being dicks, but now that I have... Because you're not Japanese. <laughs> now that I have, I think I'm going to have to get rid of all my Kit Fisto stuff. Like, I just can't... I'm like, I'm looking at his pop right now, and I'm thinking, that's all Dick dicks. Dreads. That's all dicks. And Kit Fisto, to answer your question, why should we worry about uh, talking about Kia D. Mundi anymore? I got one fucking answer for you, my friend. Kia! (laughs) Kia D! Kia D! Crashbox Kitty Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Syrian stud He loves to split chicks with his bud Kitty Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Kitty Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow Cockhead Ruhurt Cockhead Harsberger Cockhead Will Witt Cockhead Goose Payne Cockhead G-Money Cockhead King Tom Cockhead Joe Cockhead T&D Cockhead Cockhead That's why Kia D will always be talked about on this podcast, my friend. That is why. Sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta yell out cockhead. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, next up, we have an email actually from your cousin Will. This is uh, one that I definitely uh, saved for uh, when you came back. Hey guys. Hope your Christmas was good. Sorry, Will. I was not able to stay longer, but as you know, when the baby gets fussy slash tired, it's time to go. So I finally saw Rogue One last night, and I'm still catching up on the podcasts, and I'm on the Hall Solo show. 
Last night, I thought sat through the previews for Rogue One and it finally starts. Woot. But instead of Rogue One, Sing comes on. I was like, what the fuck? Am I in the right screening? So we had to wait about five to ten minutes of watching Sing and then in the complete darkness while the employees are figuring stuff out and getting Rogue One to play. So my question is, have you ever had something like that happen? If so, what happened? So I saw Rogue One, pretty pissed off, and I think that it affected my feeling on the movie. I thought it was good, but not great. It's not the best, but it was better than some of the prequels. One and two to me. I need Jedi and the Sith in, in, in the movie for it to feel like Star Wars to me. Have you ever had a movie like that fuck up on you? Um, I've had the sound mess up. Yeah, Jesse and I went, I have one that's Star Wars related, but Jesse and I, on one of our very first dates, went to see, um, I can't remember the name of the movie, it's the movie where Seth Rogen, it's Seth Rogen, and, um, what's that guy, (laughs) fucking, he was in uh, The Dark Knight Rises as the cop. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Levitt. It was them in the movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has brain cancer. and um, Oh, I know what movie you're talking about. We went to see that, and the sound was... That's a date movie? That's, did she pick that? That's sad. That's a sad date movie. I think she did pick that. I, That's notebook-level sad. It wasn't... And it's not like I was like, fuck, no, I don't want to go see that. Oh, fuck, I got... I wanted to see it, too, but if I had to guess, that may have been her uh choice i mean there are funny moments in it it's not like there are funny moments in it but like there are funny moments in garden state or like oh (laughs) Oh. i'm sorry garden state fans (laughs) but i do not like that movie guys and i gave it the old college try like i I was like (laughs) i knew what i was doing (laughs) you did know i was doing yeah like jesse jesse and her sister that's like one of their Oh, we're sisters. That's one of our favorite movies. Turtle like they Sunshine. both really like oh. it. And so Jesse borrowed it from her one night and she's like, if you do you want to watch this with me? And I was like, yeah, I'll watch it with you because I will. I'll watch. I'll give anything a shot. Right. Not for me, though. Garden State. Not for me. Put Fru Fru on the scene. Jesse. Jesse really <laughs> likes it. And the sound she's. You are. Were you trying to fucking get me in trouble? <laughs> Zach Braff is a fucking fool. I hate Zach Braff. I'm sorry. Go fuck yourself, I, Scrubs. Zach I Braff is a fucking unfunny about. fool. Fuck him. <laughs> it wasn't funny. the worst movie I've ever seen. The worst movie I've ever seen. I don't know. It was by far not the worst, but I did not care for it. Not my thing. Thanks for throwing me under the bus like that, Will. <laughs> Just figured I'd, you know, help you out. Um, I actually had a Star Wars movie fuck up on me once. When I went to see Empire Strikes Back, the special edition, um, it was during the scene where they are in, they're in the, uh belly in the asteroid in the the space slug and they're you know working on the ship and stuff and right when the minoc hits the the window and leia's like wah 
the film, like in a movie, like when you see people watching a movie and the film tears and goes all brown and weird looking, it did that and stopped. Like, completely stopped. And the crowd was like, oh, what the fuck? And, like, a manager came in and was like, we don't know what's happened. We'll try to fix it. If you guys want a refund, you're more than welcome to it. So my dad was like, do you want to go and come back some other time? And I was like, no, I want to see the rest of it. When they finally got the movie going, it started back at the scene with the Falcon flying out of the space slug's mouth. So like a Uh big, not a big, but a decent little chunk of the movie was missing. Like it fast forwarded. You see when, or, you know, jumped forward. So yeah, I've had that happen. It's weird. It's weird. That's kind of sad. I've only had the sound mess up and they usually fix it pretty quick because, you know, like if, if you're in a movie full of people, you know, lots of people or at least teenagers, they'll start to get rowdy when the sound doesn't. You know, goes out or it's like real fucked up. Okay. <clears throat> so next up we have <clears throat> Richie, Richie from Boston. Greetings, Halls and Will. Guests and guests. Well, no, gu- uh, Richie. And no guests this week. Uh, this week, I wanted to discuss some of my favorite aspects of Rogue One. I've still only seen it twice in the theater, but one thing that I think the writers nailed was the very distinct role that can be played in roles that can be played in warfare. First, I'll start with Saw Gerrera. On my first mar- viewing of Rogue One, the marketplace on Jeddah and some of the subsequent battles reminded me of The Godfather 2. If you've seen it, which I haven't, as was established on Rogue One this week, I have not <laughs> seen The Godfather. Yes, I have already caught a bunch of shit for it. I will get around to watching it sometime. I promise, guys. I promise. The only person that told me to watch it that wasn't like, oh, what the fuck? You've never seen it? Was Steel. And Steel was like, hey, you should watch it sometime. You'll have a good time. Um, anyway, you'll recall the scene where Michael Corleone, is it Corleone or Corleone? I don't know. Is driving through Havana and witnesses an insurgent attack. One of the rebels then grabs a grenade and throws himself inside the back of a car with a police officer killing himself and the cop in the process. Michael later describes the scene to Hyman Roth and finishes his thought with, they can win. I hope this isn't just me noticing this and that the callback was intentional. Given the fact that Saul and his band were modeled after Cuban revolutionary Che Guevara, I'd say it's likely. This comparison makes me dislike Saul Guerrero completely. To me, the only thing worse than a communist is a racist. And the man who Saul was modeled after, Che Guevara, was both of those things. He was a brutal killer who wasn't just some political idealist Sith Lord like Count Dooku. Che Guevara murdered in cold blood his political enemies, blacks and gays. Think about that the next time you see his image on a t-shirt. In the end, Saul doesn't win. This is very different from Godfather 2 in real history. He may have played a role. However, his death coupled with the rift between his band and the Rebel Alliance, I hope serves as a not-so-subtle rebuke of his methods. That makes me hopeful that Mon Mothma's character is seen as a George Washington type of figure. It isn't Saul who wins the day, it's the Rebel Alliance. In order to see the comparison, we must also understand world history. 
I ask you all one question. How many bloody revolutions have led to a more free government instead of a more oppressive government? The answer is right here in the United States. A revolution that ultimately led the now oldest constitution led to the now oldest constitution still in use in the world. A revolution that was based on a moment movement that looks to do nothing more. Wait, hold on. I need to... Richie, buddy. <laughs> Richie, buddy. We have a treat. It's not. Uh, J- Jesse's giving. I'm not saying it's bad, Richie. Jesus. It's just. It's a. It's a treat. It's like Richie, buddy. Are you going to night classes to become a fucking Star Wars history professor? Because if you're pitching me your dis- uh, dissertation, buddy, you've got my approval. Stamp it. Approved. You're in college. Here's. You got a PhD. Accepted. <laughs> Accepted. Anyway. A revolution that was based on a movement that looks to do nothing more than further individual liberty in the face of an oppressive regime. I won't go deeper than that, lest we have a repeat. I won't go deeper than that. Let's just say that several months ago, I compared her to Washington in an email. Just some food for thought. Rogue One is more than just eye candy. I know this email is long, but I have so many thoughts. Next week, I'd like to delve into my favorite character, Cassie and Andor, take care of your pal, Rich. You was fucked up. Have we talked about how Richie from Boston gets uh, accused on Twitter of being this weirdo on YouTube who posts like, when I say conspiracy videos, I mean like Obama is a a reptile conspiracy videos. (laughs) Not like, oh, you know, I think there's something shady going on behind. Oh, these deep underground military bases. Like, oh, here is 12 videos on the murals in the Denver airport type. Oh, no. Type conspiracy videos. And so occasionally someone will tweet at us and be like, hey, Richie from Boston's email or voicemail was really awesome this week. And I'll be like, hey, thanks. Good to hear. Glad you liked it. Yeah, it was awesome. And then invariably, like two or three weeks later after that tweet, every now and then someone will be like, Richie from Boston is a racist asshole who thinks uh, (laughs) President Obama is a lizard person. (laughs) <laughs> right oh, and and yeah. richie every time richie is like, like i'm not that, that is guy. not me that is not me <laughs> fuck that guy that is not me and look it's, i get a horrible dilemma i get where it's coming from i wouldn't want to be associated with some dude that's making crazy youtube videos either you know me neither that's not but me. I, it also every time it's sort of and i hope he takes this it slightly cracks me up just a little bit just a tiny bit that not that it's happening to him, but that it's just such a crazy coincidence that there's some whackpot YouTuber who calls himself Richie from Boston. And then we have a guy emailing in our podcast that's just like, hey, I want to talk about how Mon Mothma's motherfucking George Washington. You guys want to do that? <laughs> and I live in Boston and my name is Richie. Oh. His whole life is like, anytime he deals with us, he's like, uh, by the way, not that other, I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to write into a fucking Star Wars sure podcast. still not that guy. <laughs> he was like, the other day he was talking to me on Twitter and he's like, I think it's time to uh, change the moniker. I'm tired of being compared with this guy. So maybe that's what the end of the email is about when he just called himself Richin, or Richin, Rich. 
He should be Richie from around Boston. <laughs> Rich, <laughs> Richie from New England. <laughs> Richie from kind of like Boston. Like <laughs> We just need to change it up. Well, we just need to expose. Because you know Richie from Boston on YouTube? That's not his Richie real Red name. Richie Red Sox. I don't know. Richie. Oh. You see, you could I be. I don't know. Are they from Boston? They are, but does Richie like the... Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. It just... What a small world. What a small world. All right. Next up, we have our buddy John Halls and Will. How's it been going, guys? I have a question about the future of Star Wars. It's not from the aspect that most people are wondering about these days. Star Wars has a tradition of using the same person to score all of the episodic films thus far. Do you feel now that Michael Giacchino has... I fucked it up. I fucked it up, Will. Giacchino. Hold on. I'll let you fill it in. You ready? Michael. Here we go. Okay. Do you feel now that Michael... Giacchino. ...has scored Rogue One, that Disney will stick with him in the same fashion, that Lucas stuck with John Williams all these years, or do you think that Disney will follow what they have done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and spread the scoring responsibilities amongst multiple composers? You guys take care. Ooh, excuse me. And may the force be with you. That one's tough to, for me to answer, be, mainly because I'm too close to it. Like, I want Michael Giacchino to score... Uh, Your whole all, life. Yeah, yeah I, want him to, I want him to just follow me around with a flatbed truck with a small orchestra on it, just fucking scoring the whole thing. Bum, and anytime bum, you're puttering around the house, bum. you can hear them parked out in the, in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when playing I'm, the music to whatever you're doing. When I'm sad, they play the sad lost music. Yep. Um, I'll say this about his score to Rogue One. While I didn't initially connect with it uh, the first couple of viewings, which is more uh, my fault. There's just so much to take in. It is. I have finally really started to get into it when my dad and I went to see it on Christmas Day. And, yeah. Um, and then I, I, as soon as I came out of the movie and got in my car, I jumped on iTunes and bought the soundtrack and listened to, to it all the way back to Goose and Amanda's house. Um, and I really dig it now. There is some really good stuff on it. And he, you know, he he keeps it pretty close to the Star Wars norm. But the, where he makes right. little differences and adds different kinds of percussion and weird sounds and stuff, I dig that. So personally, I would like him to score all the spinoff movies, and then when John Williams can't do the episodic movies anymore, he takes over those, and maybe they get someone else to do um, <clears throat> the um, the spinoff movies. Right. The other thing is, is I am not hugely versed in different movie composers. I know their names, and I'm familiar with some people, Danny Elfman and, and things like that, Hans Zimmer, not a fan. Um, Danny Elfman and, you know, Michael Giacchino and um, John Williams was yeah. really the only ones I really knew of. You know, right. I knew of who's the guy that does Toy Story? Oh, uh, uh, Randy Newman? Randy Newman, yes. You got a friend in me. It's a very yeah. musical episode this week. Um, That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> Randy Newman. I do not want a Randy Newman scored. Uh, Star Wars you got the force in you. But dude, dude, dude. You got the force in you. 
I don't even know if Randy Newman's still alive. I'm going to feel like a dick talking about him if he's dead. The episode of Family Guy where he's in there telling <laughs> narrating what Peter does is pretty funny. <laughs> All right, next up we got our buddy Dylan. Hey, Halls and Will. The latest trailer for Rebels features a black lightsaber. I've only seen bits and pieces of the Clone Wars animated ser- series, but believe the saber originated there. Can you give us a little black background on this saber? Oh, I know you can. Yes, but I can. I think it originated from Mandalore, right? Yeah. Well, okay. The first time you see the dark saber, as it is called, is in the Mandalorian arc. Um, so there is this sort of offshoot group of the Mandalorians that are the more like warmongery, violent type. They call themselves the Death Watch. Yeah. Their leader uses the dark saber, and he says that it was stolen from the Jedi Temple at some point. So it's very clearly a very ancient sort of lightsaber design. Yeah. Uh, I think you can just tell from the fact that it sounds different, looks different. It looks more like a katana, even in the handle, the hilt, and the shape of the blade. Right. So that's the general backstory that I know. Um, in the Clone, Seer- Clone Wars series... Um, when Maul takes over Mandalore, he starts using the Darksaber. Um, and so that is why in Rebels, when they go to Darth Maul's hideout on D- uh, Dothamir, or Dathomir, um, that's why Sabine found that saber there. So that is why Sabine has the saber now. So there, I don't know if there's more history on it. I may not know it because that is base the basics of what I remember them saying about it on Clone Wars. And if there's other stuff in the canon as far as like maybe books or comics go about it, and I don't think there is, then uh, I'm I'm not familiar with it. But I mean, Dothomir is pretty much a dark side planet, right? Yeah, I mean that's where the Night Sisters are and stuff, and and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's totally that's, railroaded you there. I'm sorry. No, no, I I uh, got uh, I I I hit a pothole. <laughs> is that is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Next up, we've got His Majesty himself, King Tom. King Tom. Will and Halls. I'm gonna get in trouble. All week, I've been singing slash humming Steve and G Money's awesome Kia D Mundy song to myself. And I think my son has heard me sing something about Kia D. Oh, no. I'm going to have to cover, I'm going to have to think of a cover story pretty quickly, or he's going to start to think I'm a Kia D Mundiac. This cannot (laughs) stand. Anyways, the reason I'm writing this week is about Rebels. I'm fully aware that it is likely that 80% of this season's remaining episodes will be filler, but that trailer looked awesome. I can't think of any complaints, well, other than Ezra's pajamas, about the trailer. But it brings to mind a question. Is this it for Rebels? A few months ago, I laughed at the idea that this could be the show's last season. But with Rogue One out and this trailer, things are coming to a head, and not a Kia D. Mundy cockhead. That's setting up a bunch of stuff for Rogue One. And the old Obi-Wan appearance pays off something set up in the very first episode. I'm hoping there's more, but it looks like we're almost out of stories for the Ghost Crew. What do you guys think? Thanks for reading King, your pal, King Tom, the Star Wars podcast community b- bicycle. 
Um, I was wondering that myself because for a couple of reasons, like he's saying, it does seem like they could, to me, it would be kind of quick to accelerate it to that ending point and what's left of this third season. You know what I mean? The other thing is, is, is like we were discussing last night, AKA earlier in the show. Um, I don't know that they have enough time to finish bridging the gap to Rogue One. And I don't know that they even intend to. Maybe they don't. No. Maybe they don't don't intend to, to show us like the Battle of Scarab from the ghost's perspective, you know? Right. The other thing that makes me wonder about it is previously during season one and season two, like when they were airing, we had the renewal announcement already for the next season. It came pretty early in the season. Yeah. Like a few episodes into season one, they were like, by the way, Rebels has been renewed for a season two. Same thing with season two. A few episodes in, they were like, it's been renewed for episode, or season three. So that makes me wonder. Um, it could be that, you know, they're just not announcing it yet or or what. But there were also rumors, you know, when the show first started that it was not intended to be a very, like a, a really long going series. Yeah, um, that it was in maybe going to be only three or four seasons. So we'll see if that pays out um, or pans out. The other thing that makes me wonder is, you know, Dave Filoni actually sort of got a he's not the main head runner of the show anymore. He's now the head of Lucasfilm animation. He got a promotion and the guy okay. that was under him on Clone Wars and Rebels got a promotion to main head runner dave filoni still has a ton of influence over rebels they've also hired some writers and things that looks like they are in the process of prepping the next animated series so that makes me wonder if yeah it's they're about to wrap this up so that is something that uh you know we'll just have to sort of watch and, and let it play out but i could see them wrapping it up sooner rather than later the next animated series, what time period do you think it's going to be set? What time period do I think it's going to be set or do I want it to be set? Either. It's the same answer. I think they're going to finally go in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. I think so too. It may not be much further. It may still show conflicts between the now New Republic and what's left of the Empire. you know, Or it could go closer to... Um, Force Awakens. I don't really know where it will fall in that 30-year period, but that's kind of where I think they're going. Right. All right, we got one last email for the night, and then we'll let you guys go. It's from our Swedish buddy, Oliver. Oh, nice. Hey, guys, your Swedish butter buddy, Oliver, here. I hope Swedish that you butter. Guys, <laughs> I hope that you guys had a <laughs> great New Year's Eve, because I definitely did. So yesterday, me and a friend of mine watched Rogue One for the third time, and I have a pretty good understanding of the movie by now. Out of the three episodic films and two standalone movies that have been announced so far, I have to admit that this was the one that I was the least excited about. I really liked the movie, and it definitely lived up to my expectations, but I still feel like something is missing. I didn't get that same Star Wars feeling from Rogue One that I got from The Force Awakens. 
I don't think it's a good idea having a two-hour standalone movie where everyone dies at the end and still introducing this many main characters. I had some problems getting connected to the characters, and sometimes I felt like the relationship between them were underdeveloped. For example, when Baze calls Jen little sister, or the fact that Krennic doesn't even meet Jen until the very end. I, I think that is weird. As a quick aside, I think it is weird that, like, I don't know. I guess it was my own expectations where I just thought like Krennic and Jen were going to butt heads and be more antagonistic between each other and have more scenes again, but they don't at all. I would give the movie a 7.5 or an 8, and I place it 6 between Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones. That might seem like a bad score, but I was pretty sure that it wasn't going to beat The Force Awakens or the original trilogy for me. The thing that excites me most now is that we are done with the release of Rogue One is that everyone is going getting all on board the Episode 8 hype train. Thanks for making the podcast, guys. And by the way, that Kia D song that Steve made was fucking amazing. You know... Indeed. <laughs> of, the, of the few complaints I do have about Rogue One, I do think they maybe went a little too far on the main cast, like the number of main cast characters where I do still feel like I want more of these characters. I wouldn't want more saw and Bodhi and you know, they gave, they gave Krennic's villain power to Tarkin and some to Darth Vader. Yeah. And, and it is weird to me, man, that like he's a tool. I mean, I know, but, and, and, there is, I don't have a single uh, complaint about his performance at all. I thought he no. was great. He was great. He was. But I just thought he was going to be more of a villain to Jen. You know, you're talking about the guy who killed her mom and kept her dad away from her and enslaved him doing evil fucking science for the Empire. Right. And then he gets a glimpse of her on the landing pad at Edu when she's like, father or whatever right before the bomb drops and blows up everybody and then he sees her at the end at the the dish where he's like who are you and she's like you know who i am i'm galen urso's daughter or maybe she says i'm jen urso i can't remember yeah and then like you know he's like all you've done is wasted my time and Cassian shoots him in the back, and then she goes to like kick him or something when when he's down, or or finish him off, and Cassian stops her. Like I don't know, the Jen versus Krennic thing didn't really do it for me. Yeah, felt a little undercooked, maybe a little little over edited or over rewritten, raw and wriggling. Yeah, um, and and the other ones, like yeah, like I would have liked to see sort of a bond between Churrit, Bays, and Jen grow a little more than it did in the movie. So when he calls her little sister, it has that much more impact, you know? Because yeah. I like that moment when he calls her little sister, but it also doesn't do much for me at the same time because I'm like... Forced. You know, yeah. Like, there's... N- it wasn't earned. That sounds a little pretentious, but that's the only thing. It was really quick. Of. It was really quick, really quick. You guys died like family to have known each other for five minutes. Yeah. Well, buddy, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for uh, for two times this week sitting down and recording with me. Oh, two times I get to be with you. That's that's Ooh-wee. what it's all about. Um. So, 
in the first part of the show, before we had to take a break, I was saying that I was going to set us up an Instagram. That's up and running right now. I did that Ooh. last night. You can Beautiful. follow us now on Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You know what? You can follow us on Twitter at the same Blue Harvest Pod. Unfortunately, you have to email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. But you guys are smart. That's easy enough to remember. I'm not um, smart. I messed that up last week. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. Uh, if you like our opening theme song, please check out Stoned Cobra. You can find them at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com and on iTunes and Spotify. You can follow my buddy Will at willwetton 3 on Twitter. That's me. You can buy our stuff at tpublic.com slash user slash blue harvest podcast. And we're going to have some new stuff up there, guys. If you want a, uh, a peek at our new logo, you got to follow us on Instagram because I posted that on our Instagram last night. That fresh and limited edition. <laughs> Will's see, I'm like, don't feel obligated. Will's like, nah, that's that's rare nah. blue harvest merchandise. Get it Check before it it's down. Rare. Go look at it. Get it before it's gone. <laughs> Talking about the promoter, let's promote. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Well, uh, we hope you guys had an excellent new year and um and uh hope you guys continue to have an excellent 2017. We'll see you next week. Um hopefully there'll be some tasty news or developments mm. for us to discuss but anyway for blue harvest the star wars podcast i'm halls burkhart and i'm will Witten. may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us